My administration is reclaiming America's heritage as the world's greatest spacefaring nation. The essence of the American character is to explore new horizons and to tame new frontiers. But our destiny beyond the Earth is not only a matter of national identity, but a matter of national security. So important for our military, so important, and people don't talk about it. When it comes to defending America, it is not enough to merely have an American presence in space. We must have American dominance in space. So important. Very importantly, I'm hereby directing the Department of Defense and Pentagon to immediately begin the process necessary to establish a Space Force as the sixth branch of the armed forces. That's a big statement. We are going to have the Air Force and we are going to have the Space Force, separate but equal. It is going to be something so important. General Dunford, if you would carry that assignment out. What is thy bidding, my master? Leroy with my co-host. This is Eli. Yep, and we are back with another episode, and this is the comic for the storm because this is episode 51. But like I said, we don't celebrate an entire year until we get to episode 52. So, Eli, I'm gonna announce to you and to everybody else that we are gonna do a giveaway. Oh, really? We are gonna do a giveaway. I will let you do the giveaway at the end of the episode, and I will let you do stipulations in order to get the giveaway on the end of the episode. And I'm gonna keep keep it actually discreet. I'm gonna keep it into it's like an appreciation for folks that have already you know listened in and have signed on to the fan page <laughs> like that. We're gonna just keep it in house. This is for for you for appreciation. So discreet. Ooh, sounds sexy. Exactly. <laughs> Eyes wide photos, shut. Autograph note, nude photos. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're getting our fireman calendar poster from out here geekery. <laughs> so yeah. So now we can start with the news and yeah, some crazy stuff just happened this morning. Uh, before we get into that, Eli, I want to talk to you about this IHOP stuff. Okay. Okay. Have you heard anything about it? Uh, just what you told me. Something about they're going to do burgers or something? Yeah, they're like? going to they're gonna do burgers. But the thing is, they've actually been announcing this for like the last two weeks. And I've actually, I, don't, I follow IHOP on Twitter. <laughs> don't ask me why. I, I do. So when they've been announcing this stuff, I've been keeping up with it. And then all of a sudden, that, that P at the end of IHOP, they flipped it upside down to B. So now they're no longer the International House of Pancakes. They're the International House of Burgers. And my whole world just got turned upside down with that P and the B. I was like, wait, what? Like, you expect something to stay the same, and then they just change. And, like, I don't know what to do anymore. You know, like, I, I hate change. Just thing. Are they not going to serve pancakes anymore? They'll still serve pancakes. 
Oh, okay. And they, they always, they've actually always served burgers. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew they were like a, they were like Perkins, but they made good pancakes. And then you yeah. could get like, on some days you get like all you can eat and shit. They that yeah. Yeah, and they run certain <laughs> specials. You can get like a whole stack of pancakes, stuff like that. So I know, but it's just the the change I don't like about it. Even though technically nothing has changed with the restaurant, I don't like it. It's it's messed up. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I may I may boycott. IHOP or whatever. They'll, they'll always be IHOP to me. Exactly. <laughs> Your mama names you IHOP, I'm going to name you IHOP. <laughs> that being said, move on to the next insane, crazy news we heard this morning of you guys' favorite president, not, not our, your guys' favorite president, Donald J. Trump, has announced uh, a, a sixth military force for the United States. And the sixth military force is going to be called Space Force. Space Force. We're, we're not making this up. This is not a Saturday Night Live uh, sketch or a Dave Chappelle sketch. This is real. He's announcing a Space Force. He's going to militarize the United States in space. It's going to be tremendous. <laughs> that, that was the exact words, you know. <laughs> so, like, did he watch Infinity War and, like, get freaked out or something like that? Like, <laughs> this shit could happen. Like this wall in Mexico is just not enough. We need a we need a wall everywhere here, and I'm gonna make Thanos pay for it. You know. <laughs> so th- this shit is insane. It's it's just another way of blowing our money. But to be honest with you, Eli, this whole thing is a smokescreen. This whole thing is a, distract- a distraction. That's what it is. Oh, every yeah. time oh, every yeah. time Trump does this, because we're not paying attention to what he's doing with the wall right now. Yeah. Or immigration. Or, or he's immigration just getting shit on. He's just control. getting shit on right now with the immigration things. It's like you know what? I want to be like Kennedy. When he announced we were going to the moon. So guess what I'm going to say? Exactly. <laughs> and, and a lot of presidents, I mean, uh, Bush did this back in the early 2000s when, you know, when the when the Iraq and Afghanistan wars were going on. He's like, you know what? We're going to go to Mars. He said he did the same shit. True. And, and that's the thing. Like, I understand if you want to go to space, if you want to go back to the moon or go to Mars or go to wherever the fuck you want to go to. Okay. But why are we militarizing ourselves in space? That's what I want to know. Yeah, because, uh, I don't know, it's, 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 it sounds cool, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, you want to be a stormtrooper in real life? Okay, you can really be a t- stormtrooper now. <laughs> when basically, all it is is basically protecting our satellites. That's all it's going to be. It's like, <laughs> it's basically Star Wars. I mean, there was a thing called Star Wars back in the 80s that Ronald Reagan was trying to develop, you know, where he was going to attach nukes and shit to, uh, to satellites. Mm-hmm. So he could fire nukes from space. Um, I, it never really came to fruition, but uh, but but that was a big thing. I mean, he was really pursuing that, um, and that was a smokescreen to get his, you know, diversion from the Iran Contra. I was just about to say the Iran Contra affair, <laughs> exactly. So, watch the yeah, they pull space out of their ass to you know to cover up all the stupid shit that they're doing. Yeah, you know? like what would Reagan do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is insane. Uh, this is why we always say, people, stay woke. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pay attention to the right hand. Watch what happened to the left hand. That being said, yeah. Moving past that bullshit. Uh, now we can talk about the actual box office numbers. And Eli, did we just do a box office BS today, or was I half sleep through that? I I like left like i answered like one question and then i had to leave and i've been just like running around all day so okay be on the lookout for that article neither one of us have no idea what we said but we're pretty sure we said something profound so 
Yeah. 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 Movies make money. Exactly. That's that's <laughs> the thing. Now, that being said, moving to the box office, uh, Eli, give it to me. What is number one? Oh, Incredibles. Had to be Incredibles, right? It, it is Incredibles. And Incredibles by a wide margin. Uh, Incredibles actually did $182 million over the weekend. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I think I looked at some stuff real quick. I think it is the highest grossing opening weekend for an animated movie. Uh, yeah. Domestic-wise, it is the eighth highest grossing movie of all time for the opening weekend. So, yeah, Incredibles just crushing numbers. I looked at the numbers for the first Incredibles. I think this opening weekend, I think it doubled the first numbers. Yeah. Yeah, so Incredibles insane. So, Eli, what, and like, neither one of us saw it. No, I didn't see it. This is not an Incredibles podcast. You can't hear this shit. You're in the wrong place. So, <laughs> I'll wait till this shit comes on Netflix or Disney's streaming device or whatever like that. So, why do you think Incredibles? Yeah, because remember, this is not the first time. Like, we had a 14 year gap, right? Now, we've seen yeah. this kill franchise before. We've seen it kill Sin City, we've seen it kill uh, Independence Day, uh, probably some other franchise I'm forgetting about also. So, why do you think in Infinity uh, Incredibles <laughs> doubled its numbers than what it did in 2004? Well, because of Infinity War. <laughs> well, there, there you go. <laughs> I yeah. think it, Infinity War did have a point. Because the thing is, like I said, it did address superhero tropes way back in the 2004 also. But the yeah. thing was, back then, superhero movies were starting to get their groove. Like you had Spider-Man, you had X-Men. But then you had like Daredevil, Incredible Hulk, and Electra. Ghost Rider, some of the bullshit out there too. So it was, it was like two steps forward, two steps back. So they were, they were getting their feet wet, but they weren't, they weren't like they are now. But yeah. Incredibles was that shining star, and, and, and Fantastic Four also. Don't forget about that one. So they were getting their feet wet back then, and they were dropping, you know, doing all these superhero tropes that we weren't common to now. But, but it was common to if you read comics, you knew this stuff. You know, so mm-hmm. it was interesting to have them. But now we live in a, but rewind it, fast forward the time to 2000. It was, it was satire. I mean, the first one was like satire back then. Yeah. It was, it, was a, it was a parody. And we, if you were a comic book fan, if you grew up with superheroes, you got the jokes. And, and yeah, I enjoyed it for what it was. It was fine. You know, I, I liked the first one, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, 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 yeah, I, yeah, we were in the midst of a first wave of geek fandom with, yeah, with that, when the first uh, Incredibles hit. And it came out of that because, yeah, we had, you know, Spider-Man and X-Men and, yeah, Elektra and shit. Yeah. Heroes was on TV. Beauty and the Geek was on uh, CW. I don't know what the fuck that is, but okay. (laughs) Oh, it was like uh, it was like uh, it was like a reality show where like it was a house where these hot chicks and then nerds lived in a house and each one got paired up with each other. And they uh, did these. Like social experiments. Oh, it was like Big yeah. Bang Theory or some bullshit. Kind of, it was pre pre Big Bang Theory. Okay. That led the Big Bang Theory. The hot <laughs> chick with the nerds. Okay. <laughs> it's always a gimmick. It's yeah. Cool. So, uh, but yeah, that that time, heroes and uh, we yeah, there was that first wave and it kind of waned down a little bit. But well, mainly because give it up of Marvel. those crappy movies we were naming, like Electro and Ghost Rider and yeah. Fantastic Four. It's like, I don't just started to die down. It, it, and even in big names, we were naming Spider-Man and X-Men. Then you had Spider-Man 3. Then you had X-Men Last Stand. Then you had Wolverine. So, yeah, it was starting to die down after that. Yeah. I mean, then, and of course, you know, Nolan started doing his Batman movies. And uh, and that, like, I think that was, like, the first, like, okay, this is can be taken seriously now. 
before and then right around that time i mean dark knight and iron man came out the same year honestly i think iron man saved comic book movies yeah because it was really going downhill by then before iron man came and that dark knight was great but dark knight felt like its own thing it didn't even feel like a superhero movie yeah and like i I remember being totally surprised at iron man because yeah by the time iron man came out i'm like really making an iron man movie now (laughs) (laughs) and then i went and saw Iron Man. i was like holy shit that was great right (laughs) (laughs) you know and that that their their history was made right there you know and they were even the mcu they were still feeling it feeling feeling it out you know what i mean you know of course because the same year you had the hulk that incredible hulk movie. yeah they're like yeah yeah, and you're like, yeah, okay. And then Thor, and then it wasn't until the Avengers. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't until Avengers, like four years later, like, okay, superheroes rule now. Yep, you know? and that's, that blew the doors off, because say what you want about old Age of Ultron, but every Avengers movie has hit minimum $1.5 billion mm-hmm. a piece. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, so now, like we said, the ship rises with the tide. So now you, Incredibles, yes, Incredibles is riding the Avengers wave. That's why it's doing the numbers that it didn't do back 2004. Because 2004, they were like superhero movies were starting to get their groove. But now we're in, we're in a golden age. This is a golden age superhero. Like when people yeah. look back at this 20 years from now, they're gonna look like, whoa, remember the time when this happened? Yeah, you know. And when this happened, we don't know if we'll see this again. This is not gonna last forever. But yeah, and fin, and uh, it. Infinity War, uh, Incredibles two is reaping the rewards of what Marvel is doing. It's all Disney, so it's all you know. It's all you know, pretty good. So Plus it's a kids movie too, yeah. and it's a kids movie too. So you could take your kids to go see this movie, and you take a bunch of kids to go see this movie over yeah. and over and over again. Now, what I don't get is these adults just going crazy over this movie. I get the movie came out when you were a kid, and you are a parent now and stuff like that. But I think some of you are going a little bit ape shit over this. Just like, oh, any kids get in my way? I'm going to smack them. Get in my way. Um, you know, this isn't for kids. This is for us. Like, no, it's for kids. It's still is for kids. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's inc- uh, Incredibles 2. I mean, it's a good movie. If you liked it, cool. Whatever. Uh, Number two. Let's move on with that one. Uh, Ocean 8. I'm going to come back to that one. We're going to go past it right now. Uh, number three is Tag. Eli, I'm actually interested in this movie. Yeah, it looks funny. It looks funny. It's, they say it's based off a true story, even though it's loosely based off a true story. You know, They show what the real guys look like. None of the guys look anything like, you know, John Hamm or Jeremy <laughs> Ritter, you know. They're not, they're not as hot. As right. They're, the- <laughs> they're not Hollywood. Oh, no. They, these guys are not like that. So. They, they look like middle-aged men who still play Tag. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do we have? Number four. So, oh, I forgot about the movie. Solo, Solo Star Wars story. Let's just move past that one. Uh, number was it? Number four. I forgot the really? movie came out. Yeah. Really? Number four? I didn't even think it'd be in the top five. I thought it was gonna be like the last weekend you could see it. Right. <laughs> Before they just get rid of it. And say, Honestly, I'm kind of shocked it is too. I thought it was going to be a lot farther down from there. Damn. I might just go check out another viewing just for the fuck of it. And steal that. <laughs> Nobody's going to be there just like it was the first yeah, time. I, I, watched I, have the whole, I have the whole theater myself. I put my feet up and fart real loud. <laughs> Smoke a cigar in there. Just whatever. Who cares? Yeah, do some Kate Fear shit. Yell at the screen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, number. Where are we at? Oh, number five, Deadpool two. Oh, yeah. that's still, nice. Still in there. Um, number six, uh, Superfly. 
Now, Eli, I'm going to just go ahead and dress mine. Is, is that out? Now? It's, it's out now. It's out now. I've been waiting to save my opinion on Superfly until it was time to address the Superfly. And now it's time to address the Superfly. Personally, I don't want to see this movie. I just back and forth. Well, then, then you're racist. You're not woke. <laughs> I'm not woke. I'm not racist. I guess not. Because look, back in February, I went to Wakanda. I saw what we could be. <laughs> now you're giving me this shit again where we're back being pimps and hoes and drug dealers and shit like that. Nah, fuck that, man. With, fuck this with, movie. With, did you see his hair? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> fuck him and his hair. Yeah, after seeing Okoye pull off a wig and throw it at a dude, and like, fuck, this is my head, motherfucker. Fuck your fucking, fucking beauty, you know, fucking lifestyle and your fucking standards and shit. And this, you come up with this guy, you know, with right. John, he's got a Donald Trump, like, wig. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, don't give me this shit, man. You, we, it felt like we're going backwards. We're going back. Now, look, I love the first Superfly when it came out back in the 70s. I watched it all the time. I remember the 90s resurgence of hood movies like Menace of Society and Boys to the Hood and, and Juice and Belly yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah all the, I remember all this stuff. I liked all this stuff. But that was then. This is now. We can't keep going back to the same well over and over and over again. We need more movies because again to the point that when you this all the images you see in tv that kind of is a bad reflection on us so yeah we need to get rid of movies like superfly 2.0 and whatever the fuck this is fire stick this shit if anybody listening you want to see the movie fire stick that's what they made it for for movies like this oh wait this shit come on bet or whatever i don't give a fuck anyway um uh, <laughs> next we got hereditary don't know what that oh, is i hear it's a scary movie. all time yeah yeah ghost story yeah cool don't care uh, number eight is Avengers Infinity War, which is still hanging in there. Oh, it finally hit two billion. I don't think it hit two billion last time we talked. It was knocking on the door, but it has finally crossed over. So that yeah, is pretty but, cool. Did it beat Avatar yet? I don't think it will. I don't think it will. They they think yeah, it's, it, yeah just it's fuck pretty, that movie. <laughs> I think Avatar might have like another billion over it. It's Damn. it's insane. I'll look at the numbers in just a second, but it's crazy. Uh, number nine is Adrift, the uh, the the young adult teenage castaway movie. I don't know, whatever. And number 10, The Book Club. That's that freaky old lady movie. So, yeah, that's cool. Uh, let's go back. I'm glad you said something about Infinity War. Let's go back and see how far is it from whatever movie you just named. All time worldwide. Okay. Eh, it's about 700 million away from Avatar. Oh. It looked like it could catch Star Wars The Force Awakens, though. Oh, okay. So, Titanic... It's going to be close. It's going to be really, really close. But Avatar, yeah, it's, it's got no chance in here. So, good movie in that. Now, let's go back to uh, what we were going to talk about. We're going to talk about Ocean 8. Now, the reason we skipped that is because we want to sit down and just talk about this movie. Now, Ocean 8 was number one last week when we talked, and it's number two this week right here. Uh, but some people saying that the movie probably should be doing better than what it is. Uh, some of the people that are saying that is one of the stars, Mindy Kaling. And not only Mindy Kaling, also Kate Blanchett voiced her opinion on the movie also. She's saying one of the reasons the movie is struggling, the reason the movie is struggling with critics, because basically, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, I should have the numbers in front of me, but she's basically saying that uh, it's too many middle-aged white men reviewing the movie. And that's why the they're getting mixed reaction because the movie, they don't understand the movie and they don't know how to, you know, they don't know how to rate this movie. And not only that, she's actually echoing something that your Captain Marvel 
Brie Larson actually said about two days ago when she accepted the war with she was also talking about how movies that weren't meant for middle-aged white men they review them and they always give them bad scores and she's saying that they do need to be you know more people of color reviewing movies and more women reviewing movies or you know whatnot she basically and her exact words were i don't want to hear what a white man has to say her words not mine (laughs) before you get mad at me so (laughs) so uh eli what you think about that do they do they have anything with this or are they just talking about that I, I, I don't really care, but um, I guess to a certain extent there is, um, I mean, you're talking, uh, ah, Jesus, you're talking about like critics and then fans again, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay, yes, we could use anybody, yeah, we could use more diversity in critics and everywhere, that, 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 that's true, yes, I'm all for that, you know, but there's also, it also sounds like, oh, well, you don't understand it. Since you're a critic, but if but the fans would, so that you right. know what I'm saying, you know, <laughs> so it's like so, I, and that's what it reeks to me, like you know, oh, people don't like our movie as much because and they're just making an excuse now. Um, I don't know, still number one. I don't know what they're bitching about. <laughs> well, it's bitching, but well, it is number one. But let's look at the worldwide numbers we're looking at right now. Uh, domestically wise, it's 78 million. So two weeks ahead and he still hit 100 million yet. And worldwide, we're looking at 115 million. Now, at the end of the day, it's probably still going to make its money back, but it's not going to be a head over heels, you know, uh, success for the box office. It's probably not even going to do as well as the other Ocean movies did. And my thing is, I, it's just like you said, Eli, I think that is a cop out, the answer she's given. I think there is some validity, 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 ah. There is some truth to what she's saying. (laughs) (laughs) Porky pig now. (laughs) But at the same time, I think she is giving an excuse because, yes, okay, maybe there are too many middle-aged old white critics out there right now, and maybe they don't get Ocean's 8. But at the same time, that doesn't explain why the box office numbers are so low, nor does it explain why the user score in Rotten Tomatoes is so low. The user user score in Rotten Tomatoes is actually lower than the critic score. So, yeah. and we know the user scores is not just middle-aged white men. That's everybody. I go on there. My my score counts, you know. So, yeah. obviously, this movie is not resonating with fans or critics. Either one. It's got to resonate with one or the other. If it doesn't re- resonate with either one of them, that's a problem. And like, she can blame her stuff on critics all the time, but and she can say critics matter. I don't think critics do matter. Not as much as people like to make them out to be. There are plenty of movies out there that get, you know, shitted on by critics all the time. And they make plenty of money and no one cares. I mean, Fast and the Furious does a billion. Transformers. Hell, the DCEU. You know, they make plenty of money all the time. No Critics don't give a fuck about those movies. Hell, look at Tyler Perry. He made a career off getting shit on by, you know, by movie critics. None of his movies are made for middle-aged white men. Yeah. Or maybe... Maybe we just liked Ocean's 8 a lot better when it was called Set It Off. Eh? Ah, no? <laughs> ah, there you go. Now you're talking the truth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. What does she expect from a movie that's a remake of a remake? Yeah, only with dudes. Exactly. Oh, I, mean, I'll, I, mean, I mean, replacing the dudes with women. I mean, that, that's all it is, you know. Right. A sequel to a remake, reboot, whatever, you know. <laughs> Exactly, because she want to say the same thing about a wrinkling time. Like that's the reason the wrinkling time failed. The wrinkling time, and I and I get it. When she said when uh when when they came out with a wrinkling time, they said the movie was was made 
you know, for the typical middle-aged audience or a male audience. It was made for, you know, little girls. That's what the movie was made for. And I get that. I understand it. The thing is, little girls didn't go see the movie. Yeah, because nobody fucking read, probably read Wrinkle of Time. I mean, I remember reading it in grade school, but I, I didn't think it was that cool. Well, <laughs> let's be honest. How many people That's read why I didn't, yeah, yeah. I, I was forced to. It was one of those books you were forced to read. So, therefore, I didn't care about it. Yeah, no. but let's be honest. How many people read Infinity Gauntlet? You know. Oh yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, and that's that's my thing. I think she is making this, but she does have, I think, some truth to what she's saying. That you know, some people, and and I think some people got mad at what she was saying because they're saying, no, if you make a good movie, movie should be, you know, be available for everybody, or everybody should be able to enjoy this movie. Not necessarily. I mean, some movies are made for certain people. Or a certain demographic, and even if you may like the movie, you may not like the movie as much as this person over here. I'll give you a perfect example. Friday, I remember Siskel and Ebert giving that movie two thumbs down. Now, to me, Friday is one of the funniest comedies of all time. Oh, yeah, it's great. The yeah. first one. Yeah. The first one. I'm, the first one. Not not the other <laughs> shit. Not the other shit. Just the first one. Yeah. You know? So... So you can't say that every movie is just made for everybody. If it's made for, yeah. and they would make excuses, I like Lord of the Rings, and Lord of the Rings was an awesome movie, and Lord of the Rings is an awesome movie. I'm not knocking that. And I feel like Lord of the Movies does appeal to a wider audience. But when you got movies like uh, Friday, or you got movies like, uh, like you saying, the Tyler Perry movies, you know, like they, I'm, they're not made for me, but at the same time, they make shit loads of money all the time. So whoever they're designed for, they do their job. I don't expect a middle-aged white man or even me to give that movie a uh, recommend, you know, a good score. But hey, if you like it, that's fine. Yeah, it's like when I watch a horror movie, like a stupid, dumb B monster movie. I'm not gonna like see what Roper says about it, you know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll probably go, you know, look at what Fangoria or Rumor. What they had to say. Exactly. <laughs> people that they're you, the audience. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you, know, you know, people that you know that you think that agree with something you say. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Every movie isn't made for everybody. Every movie shouldn't be made for everybody. I mean, it's just like art. I mean, movies no different from any other art, you know. I'm not going to call Ryan Goldman and ask what he thinks about the new Jay-Z album, you know, because I already know his answer, you know. So it's the same exact way. You're not going to ask Roper what he thinks about uh, Doomsday Clock from Jeff Johns. You know, you're not going to do that because he didn't know shit about comic books. Oh, well, comic books are just designed for everybody. No, they're not. They're designed for a certain audience. Movies are designed for a certain audience. So, and I think Ocean 8, if you want to make your movie for a certain audience and Ocean 8 is not for me or Ocean 8 is not for this middle-aged white guy, okay, I get it. But the thing is, your movie is still not resonating with your target audience, and that is the problem. And so, and another thing about not just Mindy Kaling or anybody else complaining about this stuff like this, uh, if you're worried about your movie won't resonate with, you know, a predominantly white audience or predominantly white male audience... Why are you worried about the predominantly white male's audience opinion? Yeah. That's my thing. I don't understand about that. Like I get, I see plenty of, uh, I see plenty of black celebrities that get, you know, mad because they get turned down for the Grammys or turned down for the Oscars and stuff like that. Why are you so concerned about that? Kids Lamar, why are you concerned that you didn't win a Grammy because Taylor Swift got it? Fuck that. It doesn't matter. Just if you didn't get that, you'll win another one from somebody else. If it's designed for this type of person to win, just let them win and just move on from there. Yeah, and there's motherfuckers like me that if you're nominated for a Grammy, most likely I'm not listening to you. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you want to hear what, <laughs> what I think about the Taylor Swift album, don't ask me. You know, yeah. I don't know. Even the metal, like I listen to metal. Even the metal that gets nominated for Grammys, I'm like, 
Fuck that shit. Like, oh, not listening to that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, we can move on past that to another topic that's kind of related to it. Uh, Jamie Foxx. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, for people that heard this story, this story is kind of crazy, and I almost wouldn't talk about it, but because it's Jamie Foxx, we have to talk about it. So apparently, uh, Jamie Foxx has been accused of... <sighs> How can I put this? He's been accused of... <laughs> Slapping his penis in the face of a woman. <laughs> wait, wait, slap. Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> that's sound, that's worded all wrong. Like he slapped his penis with a woman's face or he slapped a woman's face with the penis. <laughs> I'm trying to, I don't know how that, I wasn't there. I don't know. <laughs> all I know is that somebody got hit in the face with a penis. That's all I know. <laughs> like he grabbed the woman's face and like hit his dick with it? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if he grabbed her face, but somehow she was in penis slapping range. So something yeah. happened, you know. So either, yeah, either he's got like fucking, he's like Moby Dick. Right. Or, <laughs> or, or yeah, so yeah, someone should, someone was standing in the wrong place. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, all I know is that if a penis is in your face, you don't want to get slapped in the face with a penis. You should be yeah. pretty easy you're, to move out of the way. You're there. too close. Yeah, you're, you're too standing. close to a penis, right. Unless he's like You're Jackie Chan, somebody's private bubbles. Yeah, is he know. is he Jackie Chan and Jet Li? He did like a jumping hurricane kick with his penis or something. I don't know. You know, it's funny. It's like that's like one of my favorite jokes. You know, like ah, yeah, yeah, beat the shit out of him with my dick. And that does that. Did Jamie Foxx really do that for real? Like, holy shit. Like, did, like, might... did, he, did he penis whoop her? You know? Yeah, yeah he might be my hero. You know? <laughs> I told you thousand times. Like, like, did he seriously beat her or something? Or did he slap her or what? what? You know? Uh, like, did he leave fa- a mark with the penis or something? You know? <laughs> I know, shit. Uh, but my favorite thing that I saw about this is I saw a meme. Yeah. Uh, it says, it's, it's the, the Twitter or something, Jamie Foxx Twitter. It says, I. I did not, or I deny hitting a woman with my penis. And then it shows the Django, a picture of Django. <laughs> the D and it says, is silent. The D is silent. <laughs> I was like, great. You know what? what? Right with the internet, like, I'm like, <laughs> I like, damn, the internet sucks nowadays. But then all of a sudden, they'll, they'll drop a gem like that. Like, oh, that's why I keep coming back. <laughs> Every now and then you'll see something like that, you know. Yeah. So, like I said, the reason we're talking about this, even though it could, because it is comic related, because we just found out about two weeks ago that Jamie Foxx is going to be the lead in Spawn. He's going to be Al Sim and Spawn in that movie. Now, what we've seen is that basically Jamie Foxx just got Me Tooed. That's basically what happened. So, if the Me Too movement gets a hold of this, what might happen? You know, could he be removed from Spawn? Could he be removed from Django? Like, we've seen some crazy shit happen, you know. Yeah. We don't know what can happen. He may not work again. He's got this BT award coming up that he's supposed to be the host of. They may remove him from that. We don't know because, like I said, this thing is kind of getting out of hand. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, because, like I said, I'm not 100% sure if I'm sold on Jamie Foxx being Al Simmons, but I don't see him removed from off the project for this. You know, that's that's dumb. Especially since we can't prove whether or not she got hit in the face with a penis or not. I mean, it really boils down to, you know, his word against ours. But at the same time, you know how this stuff starts. Okay, he got slapped in the face with a penis. How do we know if another woman hadn't got slapped in the face with a penis and she comes out to Jamie Foxx, you know? Or he's just slapping just everybody in Hollywood with a penis. You know, we don't know. 
That's how this stuff starts. Starts with one accusation, then just builds from there. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's like you said, Eli. You said this shit, I think, last year. Like, it was a slippery slope. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's... <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing. Anymore. I probably hey, said too much. You don't want to get yourself in trouble. <laughs> gotcha. Like, hey, well, I know what you want to say. I didn't even know that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Now we'll past that. You want to talk about the Samuel Jackson shit or we want to breeze past that? Talk about it. Okay. Oh, let me let me pull up the tweet. Let me pull up the tweet. Okay, so Samuel Jackson got in trouble also for some stuff he said. And, I'm, and I actually got the tw- tweet pulled up, so I'm going to tell you exactly what he said. What he said is, must have a party at the White House. Mitch, uh-oh, shit, it just got away from me. Okay, here we go. Uh, just had a party at the White House. Mitch, Paul, Rudy, and others were spotted wearing knee pads and carrying knees lined up outside. Happy birthday, clown face shit. And he's got a picture of a girl holding after dick mints. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so apparently he got in trouble for being homophobic. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I, so we're, we're not supposed to laugh at this, right? Jokes. Yeah, 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 we're, yeah, we're not allowed to laugh at this. So if we laugh at this, we're wrong. Yeah. yeah so. um, it's a day and age, man. The only thing that's funny is internet cat videos. That's all we're allowed to laugh at now. <laughs> For now. They ain't going to find something wrong with that shit later on, too. Yeah. They're abusing the cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, past that, we talk about something a little bit lighter. Let's talk okay. about D.C. Okay. Bunch of stuff happened over at DC. We got a bunch of shakeups going on. Now, before we get to the good stuff in DC, let's talk about the main stuff going on in DC. Uh, I actually know some really, really big shit happened in DC now that I thought about it. They just got bought out. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they got bought out. So AT&T just completely bought Warner Brothers. Uh, and we were we didn't know what was going to go on with that whole deal because basically AT&T was trying to buy Warner Brothers, but they thought the government was going to step in and stop the deal. And if they stopped the deal, Warner Brothers basically were going to have to uh, be forced to sell their whole company for parts. You know, the studio, uh, Warner Brothers would go went over here, CNN would went over there, HBO went over there, and DC might have went somewhere completely different. It would have sold it for parts. But since AT&T bought Warner Brothers in entirety, they pretty much say they're just going to let them just, you know, it's business as usual. Just everything's going to go on the same way it's been before. Uh, so that's a good thing. Well, that may be a bad thing because AT&T also owns DirecTV. Now they own time on the cable, and now net neutrality has ended. So this could be a bad situation now that we're, we're thinking about it. But like I said, that's something we would deal with later on, you know, when we have chips in the back of our head. So uh, <laughs> for right now, let's talk about D.C. First thing happened in D.C. that Jeff John stepped down as CCO, uh, Chief Creative Officer, I think that is. And he stepped down, and Jim Lee stepped up. So Jim Lee is now Chief Creative Officer at uh, D.C. So if you thought he, thought he wasn't drawing books before, <laughs> you're really not gonna draw shit now. Yeah. So, yep. Just stop reading the invinci- or invisible. What are they called? Invincible man, or what are they called? I was reading that shit anyway. I I, the- I, I'm glad you brought that up because that whole new age of hero shit was that just a like a two issue thing or something? Because I haven't heard anything about any of that shit. I, well, I, they're still going on as far as that silencer. I haven't read it in a couple of while. I haven't seen any of that stuff. Silencer I, damage. I, 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 Damage Spider Boy, whatever the fuck that dude's name was. Invincible Men or Invisible Men. What are they called? I don't know. Like, it's like that shit just came up and it was out, and then it's just like, okay, we did it. Jim Lee was drawing. I Jim Lee was drawing. Yeah, it was like a, a fake image book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that happened. But moving past that, like I said, Jeff Johns has stepped down to CCO, and basically, Jeff Johns 
has a basically a bigger role in the movie side. Now, the first thing I was worried about, Eli, like, okay, down, is he going to finish Doomsday Clock? That's what I want to know. I need my Doomsday Clock. And apparently he's going to finish Doomsday Clock. He's going to finish that. Uh, he also has another book coming out uh, called something. But anyway, it, it, it's called Three Jokers. So remember last year, the oh, year before? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, remember that's he dropped great. that that stinger where Batman found out about who the Joker really was. He found it was three. So apparently he's going to write that book. We're going to find out who were the three Jokers or whatever the hell is going on. So he's going to finish up on that story. So that's cool. Uh, he basically has his own studio now. I don't know the name of the studio. I have to look it up. But the main thing that's coming out of the studio is that he confirmed that he is writing the script for the Green Lantern Corps. Okay. And not only that, he also confirmed that it's going to star Hal Jordan and John Stewart. So it's going to be like Lethal Weapon in Space. Oh, well, that's what they were always talking about. Well, you know how DC is. They say one thing and then we, we get Justice League. You know, <laughs> so who knows? Well, what that, that was supposed to be two parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who knows what the fuck is going on over there? But apparently that's what's going on. And, and Eli, I'm excited because the thing is, like I said, Jeff John, like Green Lantern has been around for like 100 years, whatever like that. But none of Green Lantern fucking mattered before Jeff Johns got his hands on it. Like Green Lantern, as far as I concerned, never even existed. It, all that story is just throwaway until Jeff Johns got his hands on it and completely reinvent the character. So if he's going to be writing the script, I'm all for it. Like I said, Green Lantern is his baby. I don't care what came to run? You said what now? Is that the New 52 run? No, no, not the New 52 run. Uh, the run before that. Uh, it was it was Green Lantern Rebirth. You know where the Red Lanterns and the Blue Lanterns and the Yellow Lanterns and, and Hal Jordan came back. And... I, I'm, I'm not like keen on Green Lantern. Oh, man, shit. you got to read it, man. It's fucking awesome, man. It's awesome. <laughs> it's the first time Green Lantern was ever actually awesome. So he brought all this shit like the Sinestro Corps and, you know, the other color Green Lantern. So he made Green Lantern awesome. So obviously, if he writes the book, he's going to put his stuff in there. Because like I said, he has writing credits on Wonder Woman also. And there were certain scenes in there that came from books that he wrote with Wonder Woman in it. So I already know that he's going to adapt it as close as he can, you know, to what we're getting now. So like I said, it's his baby. I want Green, you know, nobody else but Jeff Johns touching this. And I hope when it actually goes to production, they stick to his script as much as possible. Because that's where this shit gets screwy. When the director thinks he knows better. You know, just does whatever the fuck he wants to do. And that's when the shit goes sideways. So, hopefully they stick to Jeff Johns' script. And I, and I love it because Jeff Johns finally has the say-so. So, now he can't blame this shit on anybody else now. He blamed Man of Steel on Zack Snyder. You know, he blamed it and BBS on everybody else. But now if Green Lantern fails, that is all on him. So, yeah. Because before he had no power and he had no say so, so it was just somebody else doing something. That being said, we can move on to some DC news. And here's the thing: like, Eli, DC seems to be making a comeback. Hopefully, they got they got three movies like in rotation right now that you know might make some noise. Uh, first thing, uh, they just announced that Aquaman trailer will be available at I think I think they said San Diego Comic Con. I thought it was supposed to be this week. Mm-mm. No, oh, no, no. When's, when's that? When's that MTV shit? It won't be there. I don't know. I think the MTV shit is tonight. Oh, like it's okay. happening. Well, it's happening right now. Oh, I I thought it was supposed to like there were. I heard like rumors that it might drop during that the awards or whatever. Well, hopefully it's not dropping while we're talking. Yeah, because James One actually tweeted. <laughs> yeah, he tweeted that it's going to be available at San Diego Comic Con. That's when he's going to release it. Okay, well, yeah. that makes sense. He already put the pictures out there. It looks awesome. I I can't lie. It look, but DC always does this stuff. They always make it look awesome. 
Yeah, we all shit our fucking pants when uh, the Suicide Squad trailer dropped and how right, and awesome that looked. That first yes, trailer was oh, man. You're like, oh, man, yeah. this is the greatest shit ever. You know, the yeah. the movie, you're like, mm, you know. Funny thing is, somebody made a good point about that. They got a picture of a... Uh, like uh, Aquaman and Ocean Master. They got a picture of both of them together. And somebody actually showed a picture of Ocean Master and Aquaman in the New 52 comics. For some reason, Jason Momoa looks like Ocean Master in the comics. Yeah. That's, yeah. And Ocean Master looks like Aquaman in the comics. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's the weirdest shit. You know, it's like they, they bizarro world or whatever. But whatever. It, it, it looks awesome. Uh, they got Black Manta in there. Black Manta is awesome, so hopefully they can do him exactly. Basically, he created his own underworld utopia for black people because he got tired of fooling with white people. So he's basically oh. Kill Killmonger underwater. <laughs> so hopefully, yeah. Black Manta will be awesome. You know. Uh, so we got that. We got uh, we got Wonder Woman. Like I said, we just talked about Wonder Woman last week or the week before last week, something like that. Uh, Wonder it's going to be set in nineteen eighty four, just like we said. We got a. Quick shot of Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor is back. Yeah. And it's not a mirage or a ghost or anything like that. Uh, Patty Jenkins actually tweeted, Steve Trevor is here. You know, he's in some kind of like Grand Theft Auto track suit or whatever like that back in the 80s with his members only jacket. You know, walking in a mall for you kids who don't know what a mall is. You know, it's throwing that shit down left and right. So, and oh, they got Gal Gadot wearing her 1980s outfit that Linda Carter actually wore in the Wonder Woman show. So I thought that was pretty yeah. cool too, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, it was a third movie. Oh yeah, so we got Aquaman, we got Wonder Woman, and of course they got Shazam. You know. Yeah. Like I said, Shazam comes out I think May, March, something like that. It's already finished wrapping. Uh, they show like one clip of, they show one picture of them. I think the picture looks pretty good. I think that movie is gonna do pretty good. I think the movie's gonna be good. So, DC is under a new regime right now. This is the new, new thing they have going on. So, like I said, if Aquaman, if Aquaman is a hit. And Wonder Woman's a hit, and Shazam is a hit. They're back in the game. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. I think they're back in the game when they. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they're, you know, if they just do cool move, just concentrate on doing doing good movies instead of trying to set shit up. You know that I mean? that's exactly what the writers of Infinity Wars just said. Exactly what you just said. The, uh, they was on the Kevin Smith show and they asked those writers how yeah, would they I, fix I, DC. I, yeah, I, I was gonna. When when do I work next? I was gonna listen to that. <laughs> but yeah, I listened, I listened to it last night. So yeah. yeah, and it was they asked him a whole bunch of questions. It was interesting. Like they're gonna make their own studio and stuff like that. So yeah, they asked him and, and they said exactly the same thing you did. Like stop worrying about this entire universe and just concentrate on one movie to make a kick ass movie. Like Marvel was able to make their stuff because they they had to, because basically they had to uh make the the characters nobody knew about. They had to make good movies from them. Like nobody gave a fuck about Iron Man, or yeah. Captain America, or Thor. So they had to make good movies from them. They didn't have Spider Man and X Men stuff like that. So since they was forced to make a good movie out of Ant Man and Doctor Strange, they just like just make a good movie. And they saying that's what DC kind of like. If they take one of their unknown characters and dig deep and try to make a movie from them, they'd be successful. Uh, they even quoted a line from Justice League that Batman said. You know that line, "Save one." After that, you you'll know what to do from there. They basically said that like just just do one, just make yeah. one good movie. Well, that's what they're doing on the CW. Like all those shows are great, yeah. and, and they're and they're from lesser known characters right you know because they're forced <laughs> to you know dig into their their mythology and force make a good yeah. show instead of just relying like oh it's superman oh it's batman you know him yeah. take it from there no it doesn't work like that you still have yeah. to do the groundwork 
Yeah, you still have to make us give a shit. You know right. I mean? <laughs> you just can't say because I'm Batman, oh, I should give a fuck. No, it doesn't work like that, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that being said, we can move past all that. We can talk about the video game section and the video game section we got going on. Uh, Eli, did you watch any of E3? I saw, I saw that Resident Evil, uh, the new Resident Evil 2. Oh yeah, that shit. Yeah, the new Resident Evil Two, the same one that came out twenty years ago. <laughs> shit looks awesome. I don't give a fuck. Shit looks yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite games of all time. <laughs> Mine too. It's up there. That game is up there. Yeah. So yeah. I, I almost like I don't know. How do you feel about that? They they changed the camera angle. Like they're gonna do different stuff with, so it won't be an exact remake. Yeah, I, I'm I'm cool with that. It's because that was I mean that was hard. Learning how to play Resident Evil was hard. Mm-hmm. You know. But it was. I mean, once you did, it was. It was like you were watching a movie, like you were living a movie because of the different angles. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's cool. It's just you know, it's a free roaming. You know, not quite a free roamer, but yeah, you can. You're. It's the third person now. So, but yeah, I I might I might get that. <laughs> yeah, like I said, that that game looks awesome. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I saw. I can't remember anything I saw except for one game that was Spider Man. That shit looks awesome. Okay. They showed Spider-Man actually fighting the Sinister Six, so I'm I'm ready for that, you know. Uh, damn, it was a bunch of other shit over there, but I can't remember any of those. Oh yeah, yeah, Kingdom Hearts. That for some reason that's the no, number one game everybody cares about. Am I missing something with that, Eli? It was a my kid had that on his Game Boy. Like what's game. so what's what's the big deal about that? What's the thing that came after the Game Boy? I don't know. I thought people were hyping up Kingdom. The handheld Kingdom. thing with the yeah, 3D, I mean, oh the 3DX or 3DS. Nintendo's 3DS or whatever, DS or whatever. Whatever that thing um, is. Okay, because yeah. people were hyping that thing up like, oh, it's going to be the greatest game ever. So I'm thinking like, you know, since it's going to be Disney props, okay, like Star Wars, Luke Skywalker's going to be in there. Uh, You know, Marvel's going to be in there. They might throw Spider-Man and Wolverine and Cable and shit like that. So I'm thinking that. Nope, it's just like Donald Duck and Goofy and shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play this shit. It's the shared Disney universe. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah. like, that's a waste of time, you know. So, well, if you're into that shit, yeah. I guess I don't know. Hey, if you like I was it, never, yeah, I yeah. was never into Disney movies, really. Like, like Disney as far as like, yeah, Mickey Mouse and all that shit. It's just well, like we talked about the movies. Every game, Snow is White, Cinderella. You know, you know, I did see The Lion King at one point. But... <laughs> I, I guess I think Jackson. My niece, in... my niece was in. My niece was really into, you know, Aladdin and Beauty of the Beast and all. You know. Cinderella and all that. Well, see, that's the thing. Disney was always had the female, you know, girl demographic. You know, that's why yeah. they bought Marvel because they wanted to get the boys. Yeah, you know, that's true. they tried Power Rangers back in the two thousand, and then they gave that shit back. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. That being said, I got nothing else for video game section. I'm just I, when I start buying more games, I'll uh, start streaming and let you know stuff like that. That being said, can we move on to the the part that pays the bills? Sure. Okay, like I said, this is the part that we were going to talk about the comic books uh, that came out last week. And like I said, there was a bunch of books that came out. Uh, Eli, I know you read, you read some stuff. I know I read some stuff. And I guess I'll start off with what I want to talk about. And uh, yeah, I guess I'll start off with Man of Steel 3. All right. Yeah. And the thing is, Eli, like Man of Steel, like Bendis, Bendis is killing it right now. Like Bendis is making a book that I... I can't wait to read. I haven't felt like this in a while. Like, oh man, I want to know what happens in the next book. It's been a while since I had a book like that. I think last time I had, I felt like had that feeling was doing the New Fifty Two Scott Snyder run, like when okay. he was doing like the end game shit and all this stuff like that. So it's awesome. But anyway, move past that. Let's go to the book and see exactly what's going on. So basically, how the book starts off is that we get a a, a wide shot of planet Earth, and of course, you know, we see some. 
you know, something crashed directly into the Arctic. And when I mean directly to the Arctic, Arctic, they mean it crashed directly into the Fortress of Solitude. And when we look up, it is Rogozar. Rogozar crashes directly into the Fortress of Solitude. Breaks into it. He sees... Uh, intruder, uh, intruder, 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 and it turns and out it it's turns Helix. Helix. Now, if you've ever seen the Man of Steel, Steel, you know, Helix, you know, Helix is, Helix the, robot is the robot Helix. And, and hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, I guess okay. it's kind of weird feedback. Anyway, uh, so yeah, he, he sees Helix, and Helix attacks him because that's what he's supposed to be there. He's like the bodyguard of the Fortress of Solitude. And Rogu kills Helix. Like, just breaks him in half, just destroys him shit like that. And then he just starts just wrecking... The Force of Solitude, just destroying everything in his way. And then he sees Candor, the bottle, little shrunken bottle city of Candor. And he walks towards it. Before he walks towards it, we cut to, you know, another scene. We don't know what happened with Candor at that point. Uh, we cut to this burned down building in Metropolis. Oh, another burned down because, like I said, it's been a series of being uh, of burned down buildings in Metropolis. And they think it's arson, but they don't know for sure. So you got the fire chief, uh, Chief Moore, you know, the girl Moore. She's walking around with a flashlight looking to see what's going on. And she shines the light on Superman. Superman is standing there in the darkness because, and he says, oh, I didn't mean to scare you. I didn't know. I, I keep forgetting humans can't see at nighttime. Or, and then he said, oh, I didn't mean to say humans. I didn't mean it like that. Uh, well, you're telling me about these arson things. And you're telling me you can't find a pattern. So I decided to bring somebody that I thought would have a pattern. And she's like, well, who? And then she turns the flashlight and it's, Batman. She's like, oh, shit. And she gets scared yeah. like that. And, and Superman's like, come on, Batman. That wasn't right. I didn't scare on purpose. You tried to scare on purpose. Why'd you do that? And he just looked at her. Because I'm Batman. You know? So, while he's doing that, he decides to pull out his, you know, bat utensils and bat equipment and stuff like that. And he starts scanning. He was like, okay, well, this arson right happened here. Do you have a map or something like that? So, they already figured out the stuff right now. And, but while they figured it out, uh, and then Batman look at Superman, uh, can you do something useful? Can you use your X-Fave vision to find something's going on? He's like, sure. But while he's scanning, he hears an alarm. And the alarm he's hearing, he can tell is far away. And not only is it far away, it's designed for only him to hear. So in the middle of their investigation of the fire, Superman just zips off, just takes off. And Batman is still just in mid-conversation. And so we're going to keep on finding out what happened to the arson and try to check the building. And, she, and uh, the, the Deputy Moore was like, uh... Superman just flew off. Don't you think that was kind of weird? And Batman's like, look, I've been with this guy long enough that I know when the nicest person in the universe flies off without saying bye, it's probably for a good reason. And he just goes back to work and just keeps going on what he's doing. So Superman gets to the Force of Solitude, sees that Keelik was destroyed. He sees everything rest. His statue, you know, with his parents holding the planet Krypton was destroyed. And Superman just starts crying. Like he breaks down. He was like, this is the last of my people and somebody destroyed my stuff, you know. And and somebody he hears a voice saying, "What the hell are you doing here?" And he looks up and it's Supergirl. He was like, "Cal, who did this? Like, who? Not only who even knows you have a Fortress Solitude, who is powerful enough to destroy your Fortress Solitude? That doesn't make any sense." He was like, "I don't know, but whatever it is, it must be a trap." And they they something happened to Candor because I can't find the city of Candor. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go back to Metropolis. You go back to where you need to go. Make sure your people are safe. And when you get fixed or you get everything taken care of, come find me because I'll be in Metropolis. And, and before he flies off, Supergirl asks him, "Well, what about Lois and John? Are they okay?" He doesn't say anything. He just flies off. You know. So Superman flies off. He goes to Metropolis and he scans every single building, every single street, everything in Metropolis in like the next two minutes. He looks around. He looks at his own apartment. He's like, "Okay, everything's fine. Plus nobody's been there anyway." So it. it 
that's the twice they keep making references that something happened to Lois and John, but nobody's making a reference about what happened, you know. But anyway, he looks around. Uh, he tells Batman, I need you to go find Just League because whatever's happening, it's about to go down. It's about to be about to be really serious. So he goes to Just League, find them. Uh, while Superman is flying around, he gets hit by a beam. You know, just gets hit in, hit in the chest, but it, it gets hit so hard, he feels it. He's like, okay, whoever this is, this is a real player. And then he gets hit again and starts tumbling almost next to a building. And right before he gets there, Supergirl catches him. He's like, didn't I tell you to take care of your people? He's like, I had no people, Cal. You're my only people. Let's go. Let's find out who ass we need to whoop right now, who destroyed the Force of Solitude. Let's go do it. And they turn around and look, and it is Rogozar standing right in front of them. And that's how the book ends. So, oh, yeah. damn. Like I said, a lot of action-packed stuff in there. You got Superman crying for the first time. I wasn't expecting Keelix to die, because like I said, he's been with the book since that's the early 80s, you know. Uh, Bennett City's going to put Supergirl in there. Uh, the Kents are gone, so I don't know where the hell Lois and Superboy are. Uh, lots of stuff going on. I like this book, but I know the really the interesting stuff is coming next issue. So I'm, I'm gonna give this book a, a give it a four out of five. Still, it's still keeping my interest because I still got to know where this book is going. But yeah, it's keeping my interest right now. So cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, since we're on DC, I guess I'll go with my DC book, um, and it's the Prelude to the Wedding, uh, Part Three, uh, Riddler versus Batgirl. Um, this book was aight. Uh, it's basically a Batgirl solving a bunch of riddles that uh, and finding a bunch of people that the Riddler kidnapped and hid somewhere. And um, basically, the point is, I think he was trying to get her to fall in love with him or see if he could fall in love with her. Or basically spark some sort of romance with with her, um, and at the end, basically she calls up Nightwing and asks him if he wants to get coffee. Uh, <laughs> okay. She finally find like she finally finds the last uh, the last hostage, and it's a baby, and she's holding he's holding a ring. And then he, but he, but it's a baby and he goes wing, like he pronounces it wing. So that's like a hint as Nightwing. Cause she was there, there was a conversation. She was talking to one of her girlfriends at the beginning of the book, talking about, uh, you know, Dick Grayson and shit. And, um, so there was like a hint that she might have a crush on him or something. And then at the end of the book, when she finds this, uh, kid, this baby holding the ring and he says wing, I think it was a hint that, oh, Nightwing. So the book, you know, she she uh, she you know she finds the Riddler, beats him up. Of course, he escapes. Um, and then at the end of the book, he's uh, or she's talking to her girlfriend again, and they're talking about Nightwing. And then she decides to call Nightwing. Says, hey, you want to go get coffee sometime? And then the epilogue it shows uh, the Riddler waking up. He's been somebody beat the shit out of him, and he's all like waking up. He's like he's coming to. He's like, oh shit, what the hell happened? And he looks up, and Harley Quinn's standing over him. So apparently she beat the shit out of him and kidnapped him, brought him somewhere. Um, and then for some reason it says to be continued. Um, uh, what the fuck was it? It's a uh, uh, Arsenal versus uh, uh, Red Hood. Is that who? Is, or Anarchy? No, Anarchy versus Red Hood is the next. Yeah, I was gonna say because Arsenal don't have anything to do with that, but <laughs> Anarchy makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, and that's about it. 
And I was just like, what? After I don't think I'm gonna read these anymore because they're not really going anywhere. They just seem to like hyping up the wedding. Yeah, I mean, is it, is it that book like next week or something? Something, and and it's like I thought there's like really no point to these stories. You know, they're they're really not. There's not. There's really no plot point. They're, you're not finding anything more out about characters or 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 just there's nothing really about Batman and the wedding and any of that shit. It's just. You know, a couple of stories with some of their with some of the Bat family doing some like off off side shit. Um, and it was I mean, it's not a bad story. It's just, you know, it's just like, what's the point, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like you're just making me buy a book, aren't you? <laughs> just making me pay for more books. <laughs> more so of those crossovers. Yeah, there's really nothing to do with the wedding. But <laughs> so, so, yeah, I give it a three out of five. I mean, it, it's it's it's. It's a nice little side story of Bat Batgirl, you know, solving Riddler riddles and shit. But uh, other than that, there's really no point to it. It really doesn't further any of the mythology. It doesn't build upon the overall story arc of the wedding or any of that shit. It's just another side story uh, that doesn't really go anywhere. And maybe she might, you know, hook up with Nightwing. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but she I don't did in either. the old, you know, in post crisis. So. Yeah, so either way, I don't give a shit. So that's there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, not a glaring review, but okay. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like a normal crossover. Uh, yeah. Next, we have, I'm trying to see which book is this one. Oh, yeah. So we have The Flash 48. So, yeah, I guess this is the second Flash book I've read in this series. Because, like I said, we did the, what was it, the button storyline. So now we got this oh, yeah. one. This has nothing to do with the button. It's a whole different story. This is part two of Flash War. Okay, I, I haven't because I haven't read Flash in a while. I was reading Flash mm-hmm. for like a few years now, but then I stopped. Like, like I don't know, the beginning of this year, I readjusted my pull list and dropped it. So <laughs> I've heard I heard about this like you know I I've, I've heard about this new storyline. So yeah, intrigue me. <laughs> yeah, so it's a new storyline. I read part one of uh, Flash War, but I'm gonna just talk about part two because part two I just read it and it caught me it caught me up pretty quickly. So basically, what happens is. Wally West is in the 25th century and the Flash Museum. The Trash Museum has been completely trashed. And he's in there with Zoom. You know, Zoom is one of their bad guys, like Reverse Flash, stuff like that. And Zoom is showing him uh, a trophy case of Wally's dead kids. You know, okay. but the thing is, Wally doesn't know these kids. He doesn't remember these kids because these kids exist in post-crisis. You know, so Wally's like, what are you doing? Who are Who is, you know, Jay West and Iris West II. He's like, they're your kids, Wally. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? And then he punches them. But when he punches Zoom, something happens where Wally remembers every single thing that ever happened. Everything that happened post-crisis, he remembers. His kids, his wife, his time with the Justice League, uh, his time with Kyle Rayner, everything. And he'd be like, oh, shit. He'd be like, yeah, exactly. You know what happened. Barry fucked all this up. That's what Zoom is telling him, you know, because when Barry went back in time to save his mom, he flashpointed the universe. And when he flashpointed the universe, he tried to put everything back, but some things he didn't put back the same way it was. For instance, your kids. He erased your kids from existence. Not only that, there's a bunch of other, all the speedsters from the old universe, they're gone. Jay Garrick, Max Mercury, Jesse Quick, Impulse, Bart Allen, your kids, more speedsters also, they're all locked in the speed force. The only way to get them out, you got to destroy the speed force. 
Like, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to do that right now. Before he can even think about doing it, Barry shows up in the 25th century with, uh, like, the 25th century version of the rogues, but they're, like, good guys this time. But anyway, they get into a, a fight, stuff like that, and Barry's telling him, okay, what the hell is going on here? Wally, why are you with Zoom? You know Zoom is a bad guy. He's like, oh, oh, he's the bad guy. After everything you did. He was like, no, I'm going to go save my kids, Barry. He was like, what are you talking about, your kids? Yes, I have kids that you erased. See, Barry doesn't remember any of this stuff. Because, like I said, when the New 52 changed, his memory changed, too. So he's like, I'm going to destroy this people. Like, you can't destroy the speed force. You destroy the speed force. There's no telling what you would do. Plus, if you go back in time and change the future, you're going to fuck up something. I know from experience. I fucked up the timeline. So I don't want you doing what I just did. You're like, okay, do you remember anything about my kids? They're like, no. Well, that's why I'm doing it. That's the risk. So Wally uh, takes off. He's like, oh, shit, where'd he go? And But one of the rogues, like, don't worry, I can track him. I know where he is. So he just teleports Barry directly to him. So they're just in, like, in some kind of desert. Like, they're, like, right outside Central City. And Wally is like, okay, I'm about to enter the Speed Force. I'm about to destroy the Speed Force to get my kids. He's like, Bear, uh, Barry's like, well, I can't let you do that. Like, Wally, Wally says, Barry, if you stop me, I'm going to make sure you never run again. He was like, oh, no, don't do this. Don't do this. Because if you do this, you're doing exactly what I did 10 years ago or five years ago when I tried to rescue my parents and I fucked everything up. You could possibly do something worse than me. No, I won't. You know why, Barry? Because I'm faster than you. I'm like, no, you're not. You're like, yes, I am. And then both of them start like powering up and going super saiyan and shit. And Barry's just telling why they powered up the whole time. Barry's like, don't do this, Wally. Don't do this. Don't do this. And Wally like, boom, takes off. And Barry's run after him. He's like, Wally, don't. And that's how the book ends. <laughs> So, yeah, pretty cool. I mean, like I said, I, I didn't expect it to go this way. I think what they've been building up to the entire time, like Wally and Barry have been having, you know, no pun intended, friction with each other. And now it's just basically come to a head. And basically, you know, and I'm surprised it happened in the TV show either that somebody had a problem. Oh, it did happen in the TV show. That's right. Uh, Barry killed Cisco's brother. That's right. <laughs> but now it's taken to a whole nother level in this one where he basically erased Wally's kids from existence. So, I can. It's basically like Flash Civil War, basically. Yeah. You know, but I like it because it's, the thing is, they never actually really settled who was faster in post-crisis. They didn't settle who was faster, Wally or Barry. So now we have post-crisis Wally racing New 52 Barry. Who's faster? We don't know. We're gonna find out because Wally actually knew more shit about the, the Speed Force than Barry did. He was teaching Barry stuff about the Speed. Force. Who's writing? Is that? Is it still Williamson? Same Joshua? guy. Same guy. Yeah. Josh Williams. Yep. What's the score? Uh, give it a four out of five. Like I, said, I haven't been in the Flash. First book I read, Flash, in a while, but I jumped into it. Art is pretty good. Story was pretty, you know, pretty smooth. And I understand the conflict, even though I just jumped into it. So yeah, I give it a four out of five. And plus, I know it's building up to something. So yeah, yeah. I well, the only other book I'm so behind on shit. Mm-hmm. The only other book uh, I read, new book is uh. The Ninja Turtles Urban Legends number two. Okay. And I thought this was new, but it turns out it's reprinting of image books. Were they from Image? Yeah. From oh, the- shit. You serious? Yeah. Yeah. I remember those books. Yeah. Those books were insane. Those yeah, books were nutty. Sp- yeah. They're like more violent and stuff. But I guess IDW got them back. Yeah. And they're going to. F- they never finished this story. So well, see, they're the, gonna... the thing the thing was 
that book was so out there, that volume was so out there, they erased it from continuity. Like, can yeah. like whatever you read there, none of that shit happened. Yeah. Um. So, but I guess they never finished it. So they're gonna reprint the entire run and then finish the last three issues or whatever. Okay. So, um, and this was okay. It, it is it is more dark and violent. It's totally nineties. It's it's it, it's a, a total product of its time. Yeah. Um, you can tell the dialogue is dated, um, but it's basically, and I mean, it just starts out with a bang. Like, I mean, the first issue, it's just all action. Uh, it's their, it's the Ninja Turtles' birthday, and then they get attacked by these cyborgs led by this, uh, by this ninja chick, um, who's you know uh, dressed. Kar- Karai. Uh, I don't, I can't remember her name. Okay. Um, but she looks like Elektra. I mean, there's only. <laughs> It's just all, yeah. There's a, like a cyborg that looks like Wolverine. He's got claws and shit. Like the one of the cyborgs looks like uh, the fuck's his name from Spawn? Overkill. Oh, oh, well, overkill. 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 To, to yeah, avoid yeah. legal issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it, so, but basically, it's just them fighting these cyborgs. Uh, Donatello and Splinter get uh, uh, kidnapped. Uh, Splinter's like all drugged up. Um, and, and knocked out, but he's using his drug-induced state to astral project himself because it's like it's kind of like meditating. So he's communicating with the turtles through his with, with his astral projection, um, and they're basically looking for him. Um, it's very act, a lot of action. There's a lot of blood. It's very violent. It's a total product of the '90s. Uh, I give it a three out of five, um, just because it's like it's it's. It wasn't new. I was expecting something new, and it's yeah. just. <laughs> Look, what, was this the first issue? This is the second one. Second, issue okay. now. Can I tell you what happens? You can, yeah. Okay, first off, like you said, Donatello gets kidnapped, right? Yeah. He gets fucked up. Yeah, he is. Like, like super fucked up. Like, yeah, he, he falls. He falls out of a helicopter. Yeah, <laughs> he he becomes a cyborg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> And but that's not the most. And something happens to I think Leonardo. I think Leonardo loses an arm or hand or some shit like that. Well, Raphael gets like shot in the face. Yeah. With, like a machine gun. So his he's got like bandages on his face. He looks like Dwight from Sin City. He's got a. Cool. He looks. He's got a mummy face. Well, here's the thing. Raphael becomes the new Shredder. Okay, that sounds that sounds intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where that's where the book. I'm pretty sure that's where it ended, where he became the yeah. shredder, and the other turtles had to fight him. I'm pretty sure Splinter dies too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like a crazy ass book. But what got me excited is as I was reading the lat, la, there's an ad for like future books. I guess they're reprinting uh, Body Count, the Tiny Ninja, uh, Ninja Turtles Body Count story, which was basically Raphael and uh, Casey Jones on like a taking on like these this this Chinese triad gang. It's like a tribute to John Woo movies. Yeah, it's just guns and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like Simon Beasley did like all the covers and shit. And I I read that back then, so I was like, holy shit! It's like the first time they're gonna release it, oh, like in on, I, through IDW. So I was like, well, sh- cool, that's cool. I might still have it somewhere. <laughs> okay, damn, I got it. And glad they brought those books back. And I always wanted to read those books because I heard how insane they were. I was like, oh yeah, I wanna... but they they always tried to like sweep those books on the road like they never happened. That's the thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, last book I'm gonna read, and I was gonna read this, but I actually thought this was pretty interesting. I'm gonna read Plastic Man number one. All right. Why? It's written by Gail Simone. 
And so, okay. Yeah, so I thought the book was kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, like I said, the book starts off, we are in Cold City. That's where we are, Cold City. And this gangster who calls himself Sammy the Suitcase Mazzola. Okay, the reason he calls himself the suitcase because he threw his brother in a suitcase into a river. So, uh, so anyway, he caught this other gangster named Eel O'Brien in the, in the back alley, and he's telling his girlfriend, just give me a minute. Let me handle, let me talk to my friend right here, and then I'll take you out night in town and buy you whatever you want. Okay, cool. So he talks to Eel. He was like, Eel, I can't believe you came back. You're supposed to be dead. He was like, oh, well, whatever. I'm here now. You're not mad at me, are you? Well, not really. So he takes out a baseball bat. And he goes to work on Eel, just starts beating the fuck out of him, just like cracking him in the head and hitting him in the stomach with it. And he was like, uh, so Eel, let's take a little break for a second. You got anything, you got anything to tell me you want to tell me? You want to feel sorry for anything? And Eel tells him, oh, uh, well, there's one thing I want to tell you. I left some condoms at your mom's house. Can you get them for me? Because your sister's in town. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, okay. Hold his legs. So he takes his legs and breaks his legs with the baseball bat, you know, and then just leaves Eel right there just bleeding. He was like, I, I want you to think about that while you're talking this shit. And if I ever see you again in town, I'm going to do worse than that. Or if you tell anybody what happened to us on that bank night, I'm going to do worse than that. And they leave, and he's laying on the ground. His kid walks up to him and stuff like that. He was like, Mr., you okay? He was like, do I look okay? He was like, nah, that looks Wang. And then the kid walks out. He's like, what, what does Wang mean? What? Does Wang mean still means penis? You know, when the kids walk off. But anyway, when they walk off, Eel all of a sudden jumps up, dusts himself off, and gets clean and turns into Plastic Man. <laughs> he was like, okay, now that I had to pretend I was hurt so they can give me some information. Now that I know the information and I know where they're headed to, I can follow them back to where they were. So he follows them back to their hideout, Plastic Man, and he starts beating the fuck out of them over again. And he basically wants to know what happened tonight because the, the night that uh, he became Plastic Man, there was this security guard that got shot, and he wants to know who did it because he knew it was one of those guys that did it. He was like, all right, which one of you shot that security guard that night? And But they don't know it's, he's Eel O'Brien. They were like, who shot him? And they were like, it, it wasn't us. It was Eel O'Brien. He's the one that murdered that guard. He was like, oh. And then Plastic Man realized, oh, that must be what happened tonight because I can't remember anything that happened tonight, so that must be what happened. Maybe something I did maybe killed that guard. You know. So he's like, well. Wasn't their fault. So he just goes back and goes back to his job. And his job is he is the manager of a strip club. And the strip club actually is a strip club that they the strippers dress like superheroes. So, you know, you got Batman and Catwoman on the pole at the same time. You know, Supergirls waiting for him to come in. You know, they got hunters walking around with to give lap dance, stuff like that. And he goes, you know, he goes to uh, bed. He's like, there's nothing I can do. So it's just it. And then somebody sneaks into his bed and it's this, you know, this super sexy spy assassin, stuff like that. And she's holding a gun to him and Plastic Man jumps up butt naked. He was like, lady, can you at least give me some decency? You know, she stands up and he's like, no, I can't give you any time to get decent because you're a criminal. I can't turn my back on a criminal. He's like, okay. And he turns around. She's like, oh, my God. You know, because he's Plastic Man. He's like, what? Is it the abs? Is it six pack? And then he makes his Plastic Man powers. Is it the 12 pack? He's like, or is it? He's like, that's okay. I'm going to turn my head now. So they're trying to imply Plastic Man had something else going on. But anyway, uh, so he gets dressed and she tells him, like, I need your help. I work for Spyro. Spyro is this super secret assassin group in D.C. or whatever. And it's like there's this organization going around stopping stuff. He's like, so why are you coming to get me? Why don't you call the the super justice team squad X or whatever instead of me? Like, I can't go to them because every one of those teams has somebody in the government. And the government has been compromised, so that means each one of those teams have been compromised. So I got to go to you because you're already a criminal, 
So I know you're not going to, you know, turn bad on me because you're already bad. You're like, well, you got a point there. So before he can help her out, he gets a phone call from one of those other guys that he beat up this night because one of those guys actually one of his friends. He's like, Eel, I need your help. Somebody's attacking me. And he hears him screaming on the phone. So he heads over there to get there. But, but he's too late. By the time he gets there, his friend is already bleeding out on the ground. He was like, okay, who did this? And be, before the guy completely bleeds out and dies, he raises his bloody finger and points to the wall where he wrote something in blood on the wall. And it says JLA. He was like, what the hell? You telling me the Justice League did this? And then he just dies. But before he sees what's going on, he's like, okay, this is weird. This guy is saying the Justice League killed him. I got to find out what's going on. And the super secret spy agency want me to find out what's going on with these super groups. Before he can do that, downstairs, the police are raiding the building. They were like, okay, Plastic Man is the one that killed that guy. Go get him. And that's how the book goes off. So, yeah. Oh, that is pretty cool. Uh, basic Plastic Man is doing his old Plastic Man stick. And that's one thing I realized about Plastic Man is that technically Plastic Man is Deadpool before Deadpool. Because he's okay. always doing like goofy shit in the, in the comics, stuff like that. But now they're trying to do it like, uh, that before he was like juvenile goofy, but now he's like, you know, uh, adult swim goofy. I put it like that. <laughs> okay. And so, oh. yeah, but Gail, Gail Simone did a good job. I was interested in Plastic Man, seeing what they're doing. He's a, he's a superhero that was a criminal, so... Yeah, it's cool. All right. Cool. Oh yeah, book. I give it. Yeah, I give it a four to five. So. All right. Yeah. Shoot. Um. Anything else we got or? We got it. Okay. Yeah. I think we got everything. Uh. Like I said, if you've been listening this long, definitely like, share, and subscribe. Uh. Definitely listen to our sister podcast, Geek Sav. Listen to our hundred of other podcasts we have, and I think we have a new one that just popped up. I don't know. I didn't look on the list. Just click podcast on our Geek Grid, and they'll they'll all be there. Um. Yeah, just want to say rest in peace to XXX Tatashiong. He got shot in Miami today. Uh, um, up and coming rap. I didn't really listen to his music, but it's you know I don't like to hear people got shot or anything like that. Uh, so I'm tell you what I'm going to play an outro to his music, and also I'm going to give you some more information. I hate to segue this, but I'm going to give you some more information about our giveaway. Now, like I said, the next giveaway we have is on episode fifty-two. Now, episode 52, that's our year-long episode. And what I want you to do in order to get and the giveaway, I'll tell you what the giveaway is right now. It is, I'm going to grab it in my hand right now. I'm going to give you the PS4 version of Horizon Zero Dawn. It is currently, I think, like the second or third highest grossing PS4 game. Giving it to you for free, unopened. All you have to do is name the last song, the ending song that we closed out with on episode 52. All you have to do. If you do that... Give me your email address or your mailing address, whatever like that. Privately, we'll talk uh, privately with that, and I will send you the game. If you don't have a PlayStation 4 to play it, well, go get one. So <laughs> That's all I can tell you on that. So, yeah, we're going to close out with the XXS Tatashion song, uh, just, a, you know, in memorial form. Until then, this is Leroy. This is Eli. And we will talk to you guys later. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Keep my dick in my pants, ayy. My bitch don't love me no more, ayy. She kick me out on life, bro, ayy. That bitch don't wanna be friends, ayy. I give her dick, she I'm mad, ayy. She put her 10 on my dick, ayy. Look at my wrist about 10, ayy. Just got a pound of the booth, ayy. Buy that shit straight to the booth, ayy. Tell me my health is a fool, ayy. She said one fuck, bitch, I do, ayy. You put a gun on my mask, ayy. I put a hole in your pants, ayy. I just got lean on my soomies, ayy. I got a Uzi, no Uzi. Follow me, ayy. 
Look at me, ay, fuck on me, yeah. Look at me, ay, look at me, look at me, yeah. Fuck on me, yeah. Ay, look at me, yeah. Fuck on me, look at me, fuck on me, yeah. Look at me, fuck on me, yeah. Tell you fuck nigga, fuck me up, pipe up. Hey, shouts out Benzo now. Throat, fuck, I like the rock, but I'm misfit. My human bitch like a wrist slit. Curly hair, bitch like I'm poor. Pink, got like three bitches, I'm more. Man, skid on your man, bitch, it's four. Head, don't want your pussy, just one. 